0: life and death are in the power of the tongue so we say these things and god confirms them the lord god has given me the tongue of the learned, that i should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary he awakens me morning by morning he awakens my ear to hear the learn the lord god has opened my ear and i was not rebellious nor did i turn away amen please be seated I've been talking about the kingdom of God and I'd like to stay there because the whole Christian faith is really about the kingdom of God. When Jesus came, he was clear. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say Christianity is at hand. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in the kingdom of heaven, we practice our faith, which we call Christianity. But there is kingdom culture. There is kingdom culture. Uh, when there is, there is a king, and in the king, in a kingdom, people do things certain ways. There is the king of kings. We are the kings. He is the king. And so in the kingdom, the Bible wants God's glory to fill the earth. God's glory, that means the culture of heaven to fill the earth. The culture of heaven to fill the earth. That is when man will find peace. United Nations will not give us peace. No matter the number of meetings they hold, they have been found to be unsuccessful. There is only one Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus. And so he wants his glory according to the scriptures. For his glory to fill the earth. And we are to carry kingdom culture to the rest of the world. And when they see kingdom culture in your life, they are attracted to it. You are the salt of the earth. That's what the, you are the light of the world. They now can see how life should be lived on the earth. And so there are kingdom ways. And I want to be talking about some of these kingdom ways that we need to know and believe and ask God, basically beg God, make me this, whatever you're reading in the scriptures. That's the way I live my life. When I found the scripture that I know is against my life, but I know I should be with it, but the way I'm moving, that's not the way it is, I ask God. Would you help me? And guess what? He's willing. He has been willing all along. I just didn't know. Now that I know, I beg him, help me. And instantly, he is there to help, to forgive, to uphold. So we're going to uh, Matthew chapter five, dealing with the B, B attitudes, which that's what we know it to, this to be the B attitudes. But the very first one we talk about is. Be poor in spirit. When I was a new Christian, I thought, man, only poor people go to heaven. And you're rich, you ain't going. But that's not what he's saying. Be poor in spirit. God doesn't care what you own. He just, he wants you blessed. But he just doesn't want what you own to own you. That's all he's concerned about. But as long as you're serving him, it's fine. Stay consciously dependent on him. That's what that means. Consciously dependent on him. I know it's the first step towards God. Realizing you don't have anything. You've lived your life and it's empty. Life is empty. Without God, you feel so empty. You need God. You're doing all of these things and sometimes you call yourself back and say, what is this all about? What is this all about? It's empty. Even the rich find life empty. They have everything. It's still empty. But when you feel that, go to God. When you feel that, you are truly blessed. That's what the scripture says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of God. In other words, you are going to have the kingdom of God operating in your life and the king in your heart. So you carry God's kingdom, and it's a glorious kingdom. You see, that's what I believe Jesus meant. Come unto me, all you who who are weary and are heavy laden come to me and I will give you rest until you know that you're carrying too much and you've done all your best and nothing is working and then you know to go to God then you can have the kingdom of God that's what this is the second one is blessed That's chapter 4, Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who sorrow, have sorrow in their hearts. Not only for their sins, but for the sins of the world, for the sins of others. You see, Jesus had a lot of sorrow. Now, the Bible says he wept much and he prayed a lot with tears. Not for himself, but for us. He mourned for us. He wept over Jerusalem. He mourned over Jerusalem. But when you do that, you will be comforted. You know what? In other words, your life will be. Comforted, and then you see God comforting the earth, people around you, when we mourn before God. There is uh, a sorrow that has nothing to do with blessedness. The scripture calls that worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is regret. A lot of people go into depression because of regret, because of something they've done. And maybe they got caught, okay? And and they're sorry because they got caught and, and they regret. But that worldly sorrow leads to death. The mourning that leads to life is the one that goes towards God. And God wants us to stay as Christians. This is a kingdom culture. Stay in that place. And I'll tell you why it is that way. Why that scripture is, it's not just one time thing, it's, it's a way of life for you to stay there, no matter who you are as a Christian. You know, a woman can feel good in a dim room that she's, she has her make- makeup right in place. And then she turns on the bright light and then she realizes, oh no, I still need to stay before the mirror for a few more minutes. To get myself right. You can put on your clothes and feel good. You want to go out and then you turn on the light, look in the mirror and say, no, no, no. That's not going to work. That's what happens when you draw near to light, God. You begin to see no matter how far you've gone. You see yourself the way he sees you. And he says, oh no. No. It's called godly sorrow that leads to repentance. So that your life is transformed. Once you see yourself, and it talks about looking yourself in the mirror, once you see yourself in the light of the mirror of God, you know all is not well. I haven't done things right. I have not done things the way God wants me to do. Many times, as pastor, I think, I shouldn't have done that. It's not like I've sinned, but I... S- no, that was wrong the way it was done. And then you ask God, would you help me? So I don't go back. That's morning. We stay in that state. You know, Isaiah was already a prophet. In Israel, he was known. This great prophet, Isaiah. He had prophesied before kings. He had several kings. But he says in the scripture, in Isaiah chapter 6, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. When you see the Lord, you will see yourself differently. And that's where mourning comes. Because nothing is going to change until you see yourself the way God really sees you. He's not mad at you, but he, know, he knows there's got to be some changes in you so that you can position yourself for his blessing and comfort. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And he saw the angels calling. That's the prophet of God. The prophet of God. When you draw near to God, he draws near to you. If you don't draw near to God, you'll be like the woman in the dark feeling good about everything everything is broken. Until you put on the light, you won't realize things are not the way they ought to be. You are blessed when you get to the place and you realize when God shows you, believe me, it's already been taken care of. Because the next thing you do without a doubt, God, I'm sorry. And he instantly, he reaches his hand, he touches you, and here comes strength for a change. Listen. With the book in, in, in the life of Isaiah. It says so. Isaiah when he saw the Lord. He says he saw himself. Listen to what it says. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5. Woe is me. For I am undone. I have not been cooked right. Okay. I need to go back into the fire. I am undone. Many of us need God's fire in our life. Can I hear an amen? We need this fire. We need to be done. I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. You know, you can see everybody. But notice, he wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned about what? Himself. Himself. As he recognized even though we call ourselves we're doing so well in god yet when god open our, opens our eyes we see things are not right you know what he there's a message here he saw himself the way god saw him so that and he saw everybody else so that after God's done with him he can be god's mouthpiece peace to go back and say to them hey brothers I know you feel good, but all is not well, brother. I saw the Lord. I saw Him. That's called mourning before God. He saw God, and so He mourned. He cried out to God. He says, for my eyes, the reason for that is my eyes, until you see God, you don't see. I'm a man of unclean lips. For because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, Then one of the seraphims flew to me and having uh, in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongues of the altar with the tongues from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. You know, I used to think you know, he he was there crying, you know, I am undone. And God saw what was going on and said, Hey, you angel, go. No. You don't read that. He was crying and the angel knew exactly what to do. The angel knew exactly what to do. God didn't have to give a command. You know what that tells me? When you get there and you see yourself, cleansing is instant. Cleansing is instant. And another part is, notice, he touched his lips. The Bible, James tells us, if everyone is able to bridle his tongue, the same is a perfect man. Most of the sins come out from what we say. Because what you say affects your life. And so he touched his mouth with the coal. And then it says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Was it that God decided after he saw him repenting, to start speaking? No. God had been speaking all along. He just wouldn't, he couldn't hear him. After he was cleansed, then he heard God speaking. So many people say, well, there is no God. I don't feel God. You're right. You're so far away from him, you can't hear him. That's why you don't hear him. Not because he doesn't love you. Not because he doesn't want you. Not because he didn't die for you. You feel that way because you're so far from him. And you are in your field. But when you draw near to him, you hear and he cleanses you, you hear him perfectly. And you know, this prophet, he was already a prophet. And and, and theologians say, That he is the gospel preacher of the Old Testament. Because you see all the stuff that he had to give to us. Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 9, all of this, Isaiah 54. Those precious scriptures that God gave to us through this one man after he was touched by God. Will to God that every one of us will go before him today and say, God, you know, I want everything that is unlike you out of my life. I need you. If we do that, we will change our own situation. But not only that, we can touch the world for him. Number three. Meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The word meekness in the Greek is actually a word that means gentleness, to be gentle, meek, gentle, and uh, humble. And it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And when I read these scriptures, a long time ago and I said blessed are the meek and they shall inherit the earth. I thought you said we'll going in heaven. I don't want to inherit the earth. I want to go to heaven. Right? That's because you don't have understanding. What that is if you are meek and we we'll into that before God. Everything that is precious on the earth is available to you. Available to you. Because of meekness. The meek person is the one that. Submits quietly to God. And is gentle towards others. Submits to God. Gently. Quietly to God. And is gentle. Towards others that's meekness Abraham submitted to God even when God was dealing with him in things in his mind and in my mind doesn't make sense but he's God that's meekness God sacrificed that son no question quiet submission no argument is god said it i do it i am under his authority he is the lord he owns me whatever he says i do even if it doesn't make sense abraham was like that and god had found a friend. Did you know when you are like that, God walks with you. And God walks through you. Moses was regarded and I'm going to read that scripture in Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 and says now the man Moses was very meek more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. Can you God deals only with the meek. God looked down on the earth and he wanted to walk with somebody. If he's going to choose somebody, he's going to be the meekest individual on the earth. Jesus was meek. The meekest. Yet gentle. This scripture came because um, Aaron and Miriam, they were against Moses they were yelling at Moses. You're married in Ethiopian. Does God only speak to you? God also speaks to us. We are also prophets and prophetess. And guess what? Moses said nothing. Gentle. Moses didn't argue with them. When they come against God's mixed servant, God fights for him. God came down and said, Hey, who are you to talk to my servant?" And Moses started saying, please, God, gentle, don't hurt them, please. They wronged me, please. God said, no, okay, I won't kill them, but I'm going to get Miriam for that. (laughs) At least, just a little bit, I'll get, Moses, get out of the way because they did that. But that scripture came from that situation, meekness, meekness. The first make the makers on earth. The first one established the Old Testament. The last one established the new and the better covenant, the Son of God. Meekness, gentleness. You guys are mighty quiet this morning. I look at the life of Peter. When we learn from Jesus, he said, come to me, follow me, and learn from me. You'll find rest. It seemed like Peter never found rest. He was always arguing with Jesus. Jesus said, look, you're going to deny me, or Jesus talking about going to Jerusalem to die, and he takes Jesus aside, and he's rebuking him. He meant well. And Jesus says, well, Satan is seeking to sift you like wheat. Three times you will deny me. Peter says, no, that's not going to happen to me. I won't deny you. Everybody will deny you, but not me. He will argue, even with the master. But he followed him. And then he saw him die. And saw him raised from the dead. He had denied him. In John 21. Let me read this. Verse 18 and 19. Most assuredly I say to you. Peter was talking to Peter. I mean Jesus was talking to Peter. After he was raised from the dead. He says assuredly I say to you. When you were younger. You girded yourself. And walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand, your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, this is the interpretation, this he spoke signifying what death he will glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Follow me. You see, John gave us the meaning of what Jesus was saying to him. But you know, Peter understood it. This time, he said absolutely nothing. No argument. Now he was ready to be their leader. He said nothing. All he said was, okay, I'll follow you. But what about this guy, John? He's following us. What about him? And Jesus said to him, "Uh, If I will that he remains. So he got it. He knew he was going to die. And guess what he's been thinking about? The the last death he saw was that of Jesus on the cross, right? He saw that. But now he he had accepted the kingdom fully. No matter what, he was going to go after it. Until you love the kingdom of God to the point of hitting your own life. Letting it go. You can't follow Jesus. It's called meekness. It's called meekness and gentleness. From that time on, you never see Peter yelling at anyone anymore. He was a different man. Because he had been comforted. Amen? Amen? Any who know meekness promotes health meekness will promote wealth meekness promotes all that is good number four and I'm not going to go too long with this blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. You know what this is? If you want to be filthy, God will let you be filthy. But you won't be blessed. That's a curse. But if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You see, this is the condition God wants his people to always be if you want to follow God. You see, that's why Jesus said, I will not have you look lukewarm, hot or cold. That's you're constantly chasing after God. You're never satisfied. Once you feel satisfied in your level, you are backsliding then. That's what it is. I know the word backsliding is not used anymore, but there is backsliding. You used to pray, you used to wake up early to seek God. If you were not doing that, that's okay, but you used to do that. But now you're so busy, you don't even have time. And before long, you don't even have a heart for God. Going to church is a pain. Your wife had to nag you to get you to church, there is no hunger. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a real dangerous place to be. Blessed are those... who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What you thirst for... is what God's going to give to you. If you say, God, you know... my life is so bad... I don't know what to do. God, can you help me? Hunger! Amen? And God, Jesus cannot lie. If you hunger... For it, when you're beating yourself up for the way you live and for what's happening in your life and you want something better, guess who is paying attention? Him. When you feel that way, that's because you have been blessed. When you don't feel that way, that's because God's not near. So it's a real blessing to feel like, you know, I need to grow. I I need to attend Sunday school. I need more of the word of God. Give me something to listen to. I'm going to go listen to this. I'm going to go to that conference. I want to hear. But once you, when you feel satisfied, that's why the Bible says, take heed, lest you fall when you think you stand. We're always pursuing after God. More of God. More of righteousness. You know, David cried a lot. You can read Psalm twenty twenty three. I mean 63. I love this psalm. In fact, I heard a song about it and I sing that song over and over in my head. I love that psalm. It says, oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. I'll seek you earnestly. My soul trusts for you. You see, David was a man after God's own heart. He wanted to be around God all the time. I want to be in church. That's where I feel good in the presence of God. That's hunger for God. When you have that, that's because heaven is smiling on you. When you feel like praying, that's because heaven is smiling at you. You wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you kneel to call upon God. Believe me, all heaven is paying attention. They've got one person that they are, it's like the audience, they're watching. My soul thirsts for for you and my flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The world is dry. There's nothing out there for us. We are kingdom people, right? And we're we're trying to spread kingdom culture around the world. And what they're telling us, that's not for us. It's against us. We don't need those things. What they're pushing at us, that's not what we need. We need God. And when you do that, God reveals himself to you. You are blessed. You are blessed. Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise turn away. And so when you come, even if you do that today, he will turn you away. He's been wanting you all along. You just didn't know it. And when you come, just like the prodigal son's father, guess what? He ran. That's what some people have, have a song when God ran. Once you make that, you take that first step to go towards God, he runs towards you to bring you and to comfort you. And then He begins to beautify your life. Taking things out that ought not to be there. Things that are hindering you. Your progress. Your success. Your blessing. God wants every human being blessed. Say that with me. God wants every human being blessed. If you hear another voice, that's from the devil. God doesn't have anything against anyone. We frustrate Him Because we don't give him the opportunity to bless us. He wants to bless. That's why uh, Acts chapter 3, he said to you first, after God raised him from the dead, he sent him, that Jesus, to bless you. To bless you. Jesus came to do one thing and one thing alone. To bless you. Give him that opportunity. Give him that opportunity. You know, Um, years back and I'll close with this years back I I developed a habit waking up early to pray it doesn't matter where I am that's my life it's not because I am holy righteous or spiritual that's not the issue that's where I find peace so I miss it when I'm not able to It's become a part of my life. And that's where your hunger for God. Give me, I can talk to him. And then I give him the opportunity to talk to me. To show me things in my life that needs changing. Amen? Amen? We all need that. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. The world is going crazy. Difficult times are coming. The Bible says men will be lovers of themselves. Covenant breakers, stubborn, won't listen to their parents. Is there in the scripture? I used to tell young people this says honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long, that you may be successful, that it may be well with you. And that your days may be long on the earth. And I told them when they are not listening to their parents. You want to die young? Huh? Uh, Yeah. I mean you want to die young? What do you mean? I said because if you keep doing this to your parents. And God doesn't lie. You may not be around for a long time. (laughs) I hope that scared them. (laughs) But I learned that. Even as an adult, honor is part of the word. The more you draw near to God, the more he draws near to you. The more he opens your eyes to things that others cannot see. Bow your heads with me this morning. You know what's beautiful? Just because you're sharing these words, your life's been changed. You may not know it, but God is transforming your life. There are some of us here today, you need to give Jesus your life. Turn your life over to Him. And then there are some of others here, you've given your life to Christ, but you have not become a disciple. Today, You can't be a disciple by a decision that I want you to make. Say, God, I am giving everything to you. Would you help me? Sometimes people are afraid to make commitments to God because they, well, I don't want to tell him something and then I don't follow through. Well, you can tell him anything you want that you want to do for him. You really can't do it without his help. But telling him, It's a way of telling Him to help you. And He'll help you to follow through with your, your promise to Him. If you're here this morning and you want to commit everything to the Lord, you want to give Jesus your heart as your Lord and Savior, at the count of three, would you raise your hand up quickly? Put it back down. I want to pray for you so that God will come into your life and things will begin to change. I see that hand already. If you're that, please put your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I want to let you know God's not against you. What you just did now, you did as an honorable person before God. And God will walk with you. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. And after the prayer... Because I want to pray for the sick. We want to pray for the sick. If you're sick in the body, please come and we will pray for you. And I believe God will heal you. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But first things first, we must commit ourselves to Him totally. No holding back. When we do that with our mouth, He hears us and He receives us. Amen. Please let us, every one of us, pray. Pray with me. And those of you that lifted up your head, please pray from your heart. I know you're repeating words spoken to you by a man, but believe me, you are talking to God, and God hears, and God will minister to you as you repeat those words, speaking from your heart. Everyone, please pray with me. Heavenly Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus Christ into the world for my sake. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today, I willingly and consciously invite you into my life. To be my Lord, my Savior, and my God. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your hands together for him?